My scripture this morning is taken from the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through 19. Some of this will sound familiar because we preached uh, verses 1 through 8 not too long ago, but we're going to finish the whole passage today. If you'd like to follow along as I read aloud, it is found in your pew Bibles on page 157 in the New Testament section. And so, brothers and sisters, I could not speak to you as spiritual people, but rather as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for solid food. Even now you are still not ready. For you are still of the flesh, for as long as there is jealousy and quarreling among you, and you, are you not of the flesh and behaving according to human inclination? For when one says, I belong to Paul, and another, I belong to Apollos, are you merely, are you not merely human? What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants, by the way, this is the word diakonia, which is important. It's where we get the word deacon, and I'm going to come back to it here in just a bit. Servants through whom you came to believe as the Lord assigned to each. I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God gives the growth. The one who plants and the one who waters have a common purpose, and each will receive wages according to the labor of each. For we are God's servants, there's that word again, working together. You are God's field, God's building According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation, and someone else is building on it. Each builder must choose with care how to build it. For no one can lay any foundation other than one that has been laid, and that foundation is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on that foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw... The work of each builder will become visible, for the day will disclose it, but it will be revealed with fire. And the fire will test what sort of work each has done. If what has been built on the foundation survives, the builder will receive a reward. If the work is burned, the builder will suffer loss. The builder will be saved, but only as through fire. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person, for God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. Do not deceive yourselves if you think that you are wise in this age. You should become fools so that you may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God, for it is written, He catches the wise in their craftiness. May God bless the reading of God's holy scripture. Amen. This passage of scripture is, is hard to read and it's hard to live out. In all honesty, it's, it's almost as if he's chastising the church because someone obviously has decided to cause conflict within the church in Corinth. Again, we're, we're brought into this, are you of Apollos or are you of Paul? It doesn't matter as long as the foundation is with Christ, Paul is saying. But then he says, and it is meant to be like a challenge, not 
necessarily as an insult, as we have heard it preached before. You were like babies in the faith. I, I gave you milk to give you sustenance, to, to bring you up. I, I did all of these things to nurture you, to love you as God's own children. And yet, it's as if all of the things that we've done, all, all of the work that we've put together, all of the love and support and nurturing that I did, for some reason or another, you're listening to them and not to the person who loves and adores you. He takes off his gloves, and he says, your quarreling and divisions show that you're still babies in your faith. You've got a lot of growing up to do. <coughs> but he does, does give us hope. As we grow spiritually, we will grow in unity and work together for good and for God. I love the imagery that Paul gives to us in the way that he builds the house. And like I told the 815 service, I have no idea why, but when I was putting this sermon together, all I kept thinking about was the three little pigs. <laughs> I, I just I kept having this image of this one pig building a house made out of straw, and, uh, you know, this big bad wolf comes and starts huffing and puffing and blows that house down and... And then that little pig goes and runs to his brother's house. And, you know, depending on what story you have, you know, he builds his house out of mud. No, he builds it out of this or he builds it out of that. Whatever. It doesn't really matter. The point is, is the big bad wolf comes and blows the house down. And yet, once again, they have to go run and hide. But the third little pig, he builds the house, you know, made out of stone. It's, it's solid as a rock. And that big bad wolf comes outside and starts huffing and puffing and blowing and going, and the house never falls down. You see, church, this is what Paul is talking about when it comes to building your church on the right salvation, on that right foundation. You can't build it with straw and sticks and expect it to stand up. That foundation has to be Jesus Christ and only Jesus Christ. The glitz and the glamour of the churches, the glitz and the glamour of what everything that we do, it means nothing if our foundation is not built upon Jesus Christ. And then, as if that wasn't enough, he's like, but it's, it doesn't happen just all by itself. If the foundation isn't strong, then everything else will fall apart around it, which means that you have to focus in on your spiritual growth. Oh, come on, man. I just got in the house with the other two pigs. It's safe in here. Why do I want to grow anymore? And you can hear Paul from the depths of his being saying, but what was the purpose in me feeding you? What was the purpose in us serving you? You remember that diakonia? I told you I was coming back to it, right? You see... Diakonia is where we get the term deacon from. Deacons and elders have a different meaning in the Bible than what the church has claimed and understood. 
They were more than just the hands and the feet. They were the servants of the people. Now, I want you to understand how powerful this is, church. In the first century, everyone served to the glory of Rome. And let's be honest, there was not glory in their words, but to the pleasure of Rome. So they basically were all slaved, enslaved. And there were those dog-eat-dog people that somehow rose to a point where they had more than a loaf of bread. They might have three loaves of bread, and they hoarded it all for themselves. Their foundation was going to be tested Diakonius, I'm sorry, Diakonos served each other. It was their job to make sure that no one was hungry. It was their job to make sure that everyone was clothed. It was their job to make sure that everything that needed to take place, that everyone in their community of faith had what they needed. And the presbyteros, which is not talked about in this particular passage, but the elders or the bishops or the overseers. It was their job to send the diakonos out into the community of faith to make sure that all of these things took place. Do you see how big of a deal this is? Yeah, we're talking about leadership within a church. And it becomes the diakonos. It becomes the presbyteros' role to help build that foundation to build strong roots, to build strong walls, to help with people's spiritual growth. Because not any of us, there hasn't been one single person after Christ that has come in and said, I got it all figured out. I know everything there is to know about Jesus, and you're all welcome to be in my presence. Has to take a community. You can see why Paul is upset. Somebody has come into the church in Corinth and has said, oh, you're all doing it wrong. Listen, Apollos is obviously awesome, and he has done so many things. And Apollos was somebody that Paul had raised up himself. Apollos was one of his followers. So for them to say, oh, but we listened to Apollos, you could see that that was kind of a slight on him. But not really. The church just was still as Paul just aptly puts, in their infancy with their faith. Why then would he say, you're not the church of Apollos, you're not the church of Paul, you're the church of Jesus Christ. God kept going in spite of the foundation that was laid and built upon it. Paul shows two highlights on various aspects of leadership. One, the common good of building up the community. Apollos and Paul start building up communities, and it's their job to do that, and to do it with their whole being. Second, it's our job to be accountable for those actions. He does that in verses 10 through 15. The goal still remains the same. To build a strong foundation, to build it in such a way, now here's the part that's uncomfortable, to be tested. 
Now here's where I get off on my soapbox. So prepare yourself. This is not the sermon. And there is no sermon that is appropriate that says, well, God doesn't give you more than you can handle. I mean, I know we say it. Sometimes we say it because it helps us feel better. I I get it. I totally understand. This is not that place. Life is hard. You get tested every single day. You're you're tested by how you treat one another. You're tested by how you take care of yourself. You're tested in the ways that you work within and amongst each other. And in those places, you will be tested. And the people that you want to lead a community faith, we've seen how they were tested and were able to continue following a path in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm not saying that you don't want babies of the faith to be deacons or elders. I'm saying that you want people that we have seen live a life that glorifies something of God in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, I've had the distinct pleasure of being here for six years, and I can tell you that in every aspect, our deacons and elders take that extremely seriously. That it matters to them. Sometimes we get a little sidetracked in trying to figure out what we're supposed to be doing because, well, we we don't exactly know all the time because God doesn't give us a a, a clear, defined path. But those same deacons and elders are representatives on your church board. And our church board works really hard. A a lot of times you don't ever see it because it's behind the scenes and and the things that they do, our committee chair people do so many things that that you're not going to see, but they do it because you elected them. You remember, we elect them every year. They do it because you elected them into these places of leadership and honor to help us do the work of the ministry. And it's hard. And they take it the best way they possibly can. And in this moment, we get the understanding as how that's supposed to work. Leaders are co-workers who belong to God. They work together in the midst of this because they all know they're being tested by themselves, by each other, by the voice of God. kind of awesome when you really put it together. What makes a follower of Jesus a mature and spiritual person? What would that look like? Like if you were to paint a picture for a six-year-old and you're trying to explain to a six-year-old, what does it mean to be a follower of Christ? And then on the flip side, (laughs) the same problem that we have as adults is, what does it mean to have a leader? to be a follower of Christ and to be spiritual. How are both follower and leader countercultural in our world today? Now there's another part to this that I have to point out before we come to a close. Paul is pointing out and awarding the aspect of elitist attitudes. 
Somehow in the church at Corinth, someone has decided that Paul is higher than Apollos. And that somehow Apollos is higher than Paul. And he's saying, nah, nah, that's not what we're here for. This is not a competition. We are here in the name of Jesus Christ, period. That's it. And our foundation is there and it's laid. Paul leads this group. Paulus leads this group. Peter led that group. Andrew led this group. And all of a sudden you start to see the church expand and grow way, way beyond, I think, what Jesus had ever intended. Why? Because it's the good news. Who wouldn't want to be in the, in the house built by God's hands? Where the world could come and huff and puff and try to knock us down and, and push us over and, and somehow we knew that we were safe, that the foundation was strong, that the walls that were built by the leaders of that church were so strong that the world could not knock it down. Who would not want to be a part of that church? Where the Roman Empire couldn't trample and stomp on them on their feet. Who the world could not let the bad things come into the place of sanctuary. Who would not want to be in that place? But it's important, church. That even though you're in the safety walls and the safe walls of our sanctuary, to not let the foundation of your own faiths crumble and fall. When we find ourselves in those places, when we find ourselves in those moments, that's what community is for. We come to God as children. God nurtures us. God loves us. Continues to guide us and send us out into the world to be a delight into the darkness. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.